For the third year and counting, Richard Skipper has been celebrating the artists you love. Richard Skipper is all about celebrating life, art, and his guest body of work. Please join us while he showcases these diverse and talented individuals. Here's Richard Skipper. Happy Monday, everyone, and welcome to the latest edition of Richard Skipper Celebrates. Who or what are you celebrating today? I hope that all who are seeing this had a wonderful Ramadan or Easter or uh, Passover. Did you know that it's very rare that Ramadan, Easter, and Passover all converge together? But it's a very unique occurrence. And when it happens, it's when all of these religions come together at the same time. And it's just a lesson that all of us should come together and celebrate each other. And wouldn't it be wonderful if we did that on a regular basis? For those of you who are here for the first time, welcome. My show is all about celebrating. It's about celebrating life, celebrating art, celebrating artists. I believe in celebrating, celebrating each and every day. Just over the last few days, someone gave me uh, a wonderful calendar. And it's these random acts of kindness that we can do each and every day. So last night for Easter, uh, I had a few friends over, uh, all uh, perfectly vaccinated and safe. And before we had our main course last night, I took these pages of the calendar and I passed it around and each person uh, pulled out a random act of kindness that they were going to do uh, each day, uh, uh, one day at least during the week. And the random act that I pulled today was to send a Valentine's Day card or any type of card for actually, uh, to someone who recently lost a loved one. And I think that's a nice thing that we can all do. Uh, today is also, uh, believe it or not, uh, Appreciate Alignment Day. Uh, uh, remember the song, uh, The Wichita Lineman? Uh, I always think of Ernestine Tomlin when I think of that. Uh, I also wanna call this Soulmates and Strangers Day because of this incredible book, uh, by my dear friend, Judy Umlas. And I was so thrilled when she reached out and asked if uh, I would be interested in having her come on the show and talk about this. That was a no-brainer. Uh, I think the world of Judy, this is her second time on this show. Uh, some of you may recall she was on the show um, a few, I mean, I, I guess when I first started doing this show, uh, Judy and I, I'm going to bring her on so that she can hear me talk about her. Um, Judy and I, uh, all in blue, here we are tonight. Uh, Judy and I uh, met because Judy uh, was leading uh, a workshop uh, and still does uh, at the Palisades Library uh, based on Julia Cameron's wonderful book, uh, The Artist Way. Uh, and uh, I am, those of you who know me, and Judy, by the way, I do my morning pages every morning. Uh, so yes, um, I'm a big proponent of the artist way and Julia Cameron and what she teaches. And this book is so incredible. And I do believe in what is called synchronicity, which I'm going to get to in a few moments. Uh, and there are a lot of synchronistic moments throughout this book uh, that I call them, as Julia refers to them, as aha moments. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're going to get to that in a moment. But let's start, first of all, Judy, welcome to the show. And who or what are you celebrating uh, today? 
Well, I am celebrating you first and foremost for the wonderful show that you do. And having, I came back because of the quality of the interview that you did. And I've been interviewed by many people. This is my fourth book. And you have a way of getting under the surface, deep down to the point where sometimes I just go, I don't know. I have to really think about that. But then lots of those moments. (laughs) Yes. That's not quite the aha moment, but it's the, it's going to (laughs) be, it's going to be an aha. And uh, I am also celebrating my beautiful grandchildren Ah. here with me. Um, Get all choked up. My daughter and son-in-law gave them to us, to my husband, Bob and me for one day and we begged for a second day it was an overnight now we have two overnights so it's really really special to are have. they with you right now they're upstairs behind closed doors because they make a lot of noise <laughs> <laughs> well god bless the grandkids that's uh, that's yes. wonderful and yes. uh, and uh, i began my shows with a random question so I'm going to. I know up. you do. And yeah. I never ask. I don't even think to ask you for a question because I know you won't tell me. Well, the random question, I don't even look at before the show. Oh. So I don't even know what the random. This is a new thing. I don't even look at the random question. And the question is, what's a skill that you learned when you were young that you still use today? Well, I would say writing. And uh, I have to say that. Uh, I loved doing reports. My reports would be, you know, this thick in third grade and have 25 pages of, you know, construction paper and photographs and all kinds of things. And that evolved. And and in seventh grade, I will never forget my seventh grade English teacher always wrote on my compositions in big red letters, wordy. W-R-D-Y, underline. And every time I think of that, I sort of get a little bit of the na-na-na-na-na. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, was, I mean, was it because it was too much work for her? Think about no, that. No, no, I don't think so. I think she was a good teacher, a hard worker, but she felt my exposition went on a little long. And yeah, I'm sure there was some truth to what she wrote but it was always a wordy. And so if you can't write an essay, you write a book. Well, you know, it's interesting. The reason that I asked for a photograph of you at five years old is because I think the five-year-old self is the purest self. I think oh. that's before uh, life begins to tell you who you should be or who you shouldn't be. And before these layers get uh, uh, put upon you. And uh, I remember uh, when I was in the third grade, um, we had in our classroom, and I'm reading another book, of uh, another great writer that I'm going to have on on Saturday night, and he was describing in his classroom, and see if this r- brings back a memory for you. I was reading this this morning, and he was describing in the classroom, around the, the classroom, these images, uh, and we had in our classroom uh, what was called cursive writing, mm-hmm. and had the large letter and the small letter. And I was sitting in the classroom practicing cursive writing in the third grade. And our principal, Ms. Russ, came into the classroom and she hit me on my hand with such a force. No. My knuckles bled. 
um, because she said I was getting ahead of myself. Oh my gosh. And, oh. I, still, and I still remember that to this day that it, it hurts with such a, I'm feeling it now as I, as I recall that memory. Oh, that's horrible. But oh. it was a horrible thing that teachers, and I, it, it's a horrible thing when teachers squash the yeah. creativity of kids. Yes. Um, yes. And I do realize that we live in a culture where too many kids are for, put in a classroom and forced to conform to other kids. Mm. And that's a big issue. You have but, to nurture the talent of every student, and that's a big task. It's a Very huge big task. task. But I do want to say we love our teachers, and they are under uh, they are overworked and underpaid. So we always acknowledge them. But we're going to get to your book because I one of the things is uh, I you know not to knock my family, but I didn't come from a family that. Uh, there was, where, where there was a lot, lot of communication, which will explain why I talk as much as I do. <laughs> uh, so uh, there was not a lot of communication. And I will tell you, one of the things that I am so envious of with you is I know very little about my mom's mm-hmm. childhood. Mm-hmm. I, I know very little about what her likes were as a kid. And my mom is still with us. Oh. And she watches these shows. So if my mom tunes in. Hi, mom. Uh, yes, maybe she'll come on here and talk sometime. Uh, I know very little about her likes, her dislikes, um, you know, uh, boyfriends, you know, schoolmates, those things I don't like. But through these letters that we're going to get to, you got to know what her favorite movies were, uh, her classmates, her favorite colors, all these things. It's exciting. Once again, folks, the book is Soulmates and Strangers. Um, I want to give away a copy of the book at the end of the show. Can we do that tonight? Yes. And will you be able to sign it? I certainly will. What we will do is uh, if you uh, uh, comment during the show, and if any of you have any comments or questions, uh, put them in the comment section, and I will get to those questions as well. So you, your mom, in the days before... uh, cell phones and uh, Facebook and FaceTime and everything, uh, started a uh, correspondence uh, with a pen pal. Yes. Uh, And this book covers those letters. Let's, without giving away too much, the book is so fun uh, to read because every page takes us right there into this relationship. But let's start at the very beginning with the relationship uh, and how the pen pal uh, letters started. And the first letter was February 3rd, 1936. My mom was born February 3rd, 1939. The first synchronicity. Yes. That's where it begins for me. So let's start there. Well, first of all, growing up, I always knew that my mother had a pen pal in France. And I'll just do a little show and tell. We would get these amazing holiday gifts once a year. I mean, these were knit for me by my mother's pen pal. But how did this all start? It really went back to one French teacher in a school in the Bronx, New York, and one English teacher in a school in Lyon, France, asked, 
who would like a pen pal? Expecting, you know, 20 hands to go up. One girl in the Bronx and one girl in Lyon, France said, I would, I would. And that's how they were connected. And I even have the first letter that my mother wrote, February 3rd, you mentioned, 1936. I have it right here. And it, it is so precious to me, you know, that I have this letter in my mother's hand. And what happened was I got to know the pen pals, the pen pal was always writing letters to my mother and my mother wrote them to the pen pal, even after they were married, after my mother had children, Claudia, her pen pal never had children, but um, they were exchanging so much information. And so I always knew of her and what her life was like. And one day my mother said to me, Judy, how would you like to go live with Claudia for the summer in France? And I, I went, what? <laughs> I mean, this was so shocking to me because I had taken four years of French in high school. This was a year between high school and college. And she said, Claudia has agreed to have you as her American daughter for that summer. And I went crazy. I was so excited. I corresponded about this without even discussing it with you. Yeah. Oh, well, my mother had to check first before she would invite me. Because what if what if she said, would you like to go? And I said, yes. And Claudia said, oh, no, no American daughter for us, you know, for, for a whole summer. But it was, without a doubt, Richard, the best summer of my life. Mm-hmm. And they and were... The photographs in the book of you for that summer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a bit, Judy, by the way. What? What's that? You look the same as you did that (laughs) part. (laughs) Well, (laughs) not exactly, but thank you. Thank you. And uh, there's one photograph on page 59 that really summarizes the whole experience for me. And I don't know, do you want me to show or do you want to show Uh, it? Why don't you show the picture? You you can show, yes. Well, I have it in... um, in the book. Wait, hold on one second. It's, uh, I can go to, uh oh. Well, anyway, I'll show it in the book. <laughs> um, all right. And it, it won't be as good as when everybody has their own copy of the book, Richard, right? right. Which we, that everyone's going to get. So I'll not everybody I'll this in front of the camera so that it'll be easier for people oh. to see. Okay. Uh, is this the picture you want them to see? Yeah. Okay. And, there. Um, it's not showing too clearly, but is, is mine any more clear? Yes. Uh, there. Okay. That is Mario and Claudia. Claudia is the pen pal. And that's me uh, on the side, you know, on the mm-hmm. right side. And you could see, and my hands are like this. I'm probably struggling to find the right words. And you see that their focus is so 100%. Laser beam, laser beam. Laser beam, a good, good description. And, you know, Claudia was a nursery school teacher. My mother was an elementary school teacher. So I, I really do believe Claudia spoke to me like a smart 
nursery school student the whole summer. <laughs> well, it's interesting that they both became teachers yes. because even early on in their letters, they are correcting each other. Oh, yes. In, yes, in terms of the uh, the correct spelling of certain words as they were corresponding with each other. Yes. Uh, and you even mentioned certain things that uh, you, I love the, the description of the films uh, that, uh, and it was almost as if you're, at one point you felt you felt uh from reading the letters as if uh your mom was almost it, the, the, it might not be the right word that i'm using so please forgive me judy um almost like a one upmanship that the american films were being seen earlier than the french films yes uh, a, little bit, and, a little bit of that yeah you felt that that was coming across in the letters but how I got the letters is really an interesting yes. story because that was when I um, I took my son, my 14-year-old son, Jared, with me to France uh, because that's where he wanted to go. I, I, I told him I wanted to give him a special trip or whatever he wanted to do with me. And he said, go to France. No question. So we went to France and it was to meet Mario and Claudia because he had heard about them you know, his whole life. And when we went to visit, Claudia gave me the packet of letters and, and she gave them to me in this uh, lace envelope. That And she had kept the ones from 1936 to 1947 in this envelope. She said, I have all the others, but I have no idea where they are. She saved every letter, she said. And my mother was a saver also. So I still feel that somewhere in the piles of writings of my parents that I still haven't gone through and letters and documents that I have, sometime I'm going to come across Claudia's letters. But to date, I have not found a one. Well, so know, it's a one-way street. It's just I have my mother's letters, but not the other side. It's very interesting. You know, a few years ago, um, those who know me know that I have been chronicling the history of Hello, Dolly. And uh, when Carol Channing opened in Hello, Dolly in 1964, she received telegrams from all over the world, you know, congratulating her on Hello, Dolly. So when Carol passed away, all of those telegrams were still, she still had those in scrapbooks Aww. and everything. When Bette Midler did Hello, Dolly! a few years ago, times have changed. And there's no, none, that, that record does not exist anymore. When Broadway shows open, it's all on social media with Twitter and Facebook and everything. It's a whole different experience that we don't have this concrete to hold in our hands, those letters yeah. of that period. You hold in your hands uh, the handwriting and the letters and uh, this little girl, these little girls writing, you really hold in your hands the essence of who these little girls were who became your moms. Yes. They, they, you, you refer to her as your French mom. I do. I do. It's very, very special. Yes. Yeah. And you and I were chatting a while ago about... Uh, how much she loved Elvis, 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 Presley. Elvis Presley. And she was the, the president of the Lyon fan club of Elvis Presley. 
And, Let's uh, talk about that for a moment. Yeah. Because what happened when you got to, to Lyon? Well, I couldn't believe it because her whole apartment was filled with huge posters of Elvis. And she had an Elvis pocketbook. And she had a CD player. That's what they used then. Mm -hmm. And a constant Elvis. And her husband, Mario, kind of tolerated it. He was not particularly <laughs> a fan. But he knew he came second. But can I just digress for a minute oh, yeah. on, on the subject of Elvis? Because... Um, in 2014, I got word that she had passed away and she'd been ill for quite some time. Um, she was in her uh, early 90s and, uh, you know, getting more and more frail. But when she passed away, I had nothing to do, like no funeral to go to. They weren't having a funeral in France or I would have gone but she has dear friends, um, uh, uh, the Bouvier, Alain and Claudine Bouvier and son Fabrice. And, and we kept in touch, but there was nothing I could do. And so Bob and I were driving, my husband Bob and I were driving to our little weekend home in Pennsylvania, where I actually am now because we've been living here most of the pandemic. It just, it's so cozy and, and nice. But we were driving up the hill to our house, and there's this, something called the Mock Chunk Opera House. And they get really name talent um, in the Mock Chunk Opera House. So we're driving past, and I just glance over and it says, Elvis Presley, tomorrow, not tomorrow night. Elvis Presley. Now, of course, it's a tribute. Mm -hmm. It's a tribute. But I said, Bob, let me out. Let me out of the car. And I marched over to the box office and I said, I've got to talk to Elvis. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, sorry, he's, he's not going to be until tomorrow. Get here at 1030 in the morning. You could talk to Elvis, you know, the, the tribute Elvis. Right. So that you morning. From what your need, me, needs were to speak to Elvis? No, I just said, I'm I need to talk to him. It's urgent. <laughs> So I may have told them a little bit about it. But then the next morning, I'm there at 1030, and I go to the box office. I said, could I talk to him now? You'll have to wait. He's practicing. So I sat there, and he was good. He was great. And uh, finally, he was at a break, and I went up to him, and I, I explained the situation. I said, my French mother was president of the Elvis Presley fan club of Lyon. And I explained the situation. And he just got this ear-to-ear -ear grin. And I said, and I need you to dedicate a song to her at the performance tonight. And he said, I would be so honored to do that. And that night, I didn't know. I didn't ask him which song. I, I just had a feeling it would be the right one. And that night, he, he, dedicated, he explained it. And he said her name was Mario. Uh, I mean, Claudia Mariotti, sorry. And uh, she was president of the Elvis Presley Fan Club of Lyon, on and on. And uh, we we're going to dedicate this song to her called The Wonder of You. And I, I couldn't have been happier. It was not a song that I knew from before, but it was so perfect. The words were just 
so beautiful. And I got it on video and I sent it to his dear friends and godson in France. And, uh, you know, I just cried my eyes out. But it, it, was a, it enabled me to say goodbye in a way that was really uh, fitting. Just uh, the, the, I mean, and they're the amazing stories, you know, throughout this book, you know, uh, you know, throughout their correspondence and their friendship. Um, what, I mean, this, these two young girls, one of the other things that I really love in this book, uh, I'm a big proponent of paying it forward. Anyone who knows me, I say this at the end of every show, please, you know, keep paying it forward. They paid it forward very early on uh, because uh, your mom said, you know, I'm, I'm afraid that other kids are going to say, you know, can I, you know, they're, they're, they're going to want their own pen pals. <laughs> so do you want to take that further? And yeah. you know, what they, how they, so, they were so adorable. And I have to say my mother, Sylvia Handler Wagreich was a matchmaker from the earliest times. I mean, you know, when I, she would organize parties for me in her basement so we could, dance and make out in, 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 in her, in our house basement, you know, I mean, she just was always matchmaking. So, um, she, she, um, wait, I just lost my train of thought. Uh, uh, we're talking about paying it forward and what she, uh, would, uh, and how they were paying it forward. Oh yes. yes. So they decided, uh, my mother would say, I have this wonderful friend blossom. That, that was her best friend. And she said, do you have a friend that could be a pen pal to my friend Blossom? And Claudia said, I do. I do. I mean, my mother would report back in her letter. She said, I know you had a friend. Well, they wrote one letter and that was it. They never wrote again. Let's try again. And they kept trying and trying to get other matches as solid as theirs. Nobody could happen. do it. It didn't happen. But the, but the one of the very fascinating things that I found in reading the letters was that everybody wanted to participate. My uncle Morris, I, an accountant, he, he said, my mother wrote in the letter to Claudia, Morris would like to write you in French that he learned in school. So <laughs> Morris, the accountant, wrote you know he wrote a paragraph and and then my father wrote and then her sister adeline wrote and her sister esther wrote little bits and in those uh, i was shocked at how beautifully each one even morris the accountant wrote because when i was going to school all the emphasis was on conversation mm -hmm. yes you needed to learn to write but my mother, when I read her French letters, like that first one, I mean, it's astonishing. She wrote much better than I ever wrote. I spoke better than she probably ever spoke. But, you know, that over time, um, she got more fluent. I think we started the trips back and forth after I went to France then Marielle and Claudia came to New York, and then my parents went to France. And, and I have pictures in the book of my little baby daughter, Stephanie, and Claudia. It, it, it was just a family affair. Does uh, 
does I mean you this is your fourth book. Yes. Uh, I have your other books as well. Yeah. Um I do. You know that I do. Um all of them? <laughs> uh, I have uh, the power of acknowledgement, and I also the the second book that came after grateful that. Grateful leadership. Yes, yeah. uh, grateful leadership. Um, does it concern you uh, that uh, our other generations coming after us are not writing Ugh. the way that uh, we? I grew up writing. I like I said, I do my morning pages every morning. Um, yes. Does it concern you that I mean, do your children and ch grandchildren write? Yes, in fact, my granddaughter writes beautifully. Uh, she's very well poised to write her own book one day. She she writes so well. I, I was astonished. And my grandson, age six, is really starting to write and enjoying writing. I get I get texts from. See, text is the way people communicate now, mm -hmm. and. It's not the same as writing. And I, I, I do um, a lot of evaluations on incoming candidates for the company I work for, mm -hmm. International Institute for Learning. And people text write and they don't double check what they write. And I've eliminated so many candidates just on the basis of they don't know how to write. And to do any job in a corporation, you must know how to write. Well, with Google, people don't need to do research anymore the way they, they used to. No, it's true. They yeah. they don't know how uh, people don't know how to research. Uh, even spell check, people don't need to worry about that anymore. Uh, all these things that are being taken away from us. I want to ask. This is such a personal journey and a personal story. You, I mean, your other books, The Power of Acknowledgement, Grateful Leadership, these books are a completely different uh, mm -hmm. type of book uh, because those books are uh, books that are helping other people in terms of uh, how they are leading their lives in the outside world. Yes. This is a personal journey. What was your goal with writing this book and uh what do you want readers to come away with uh, after reading this book? That's a great question, Richard. Thank you. Um, it was really to celebrate my two mothers. That That's the essence of it, because they were such beautiful human beings and cared so deeply about other people, children, uh, their families, you know, me, you know, they both cared about me in a deep way and gave me opportunities I could never have had. I mean, when, you know, at one point I asked Claudia why she and her husband never had had children. She said, oh, we don't need them. We have you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I'm sure there was more to it than that. But I really felt like I had an honored place. And for the first time in their lives, they had a daughter. And I gave them a little bit of a hard time. <laughs> we went to, did you, ever, you know about Club Med? Yes, Club of Med. course. Oh, I went to Club Med before anyone in the United States had ever heard of it because they took me there. Mario and Claudia took me there. And they, they were not well-to-do at all, but they wanted to expose me to, you know, just unusual, wonderful things. And uh, so I remember 
uh, Mario at one point, my French father, I called him, uh, he got on my case because there was this uh, French boy who was standing outside my casa. I was in a little casa. We were in Cadaque, Spain. And he was howling my name, Judith, Judith. And Mario came and he yelled at me. He was like, for the first time he got to be a father, you know? And then one time he accused me of things going on beneath the blanket, you know? <laughs> <laughs> not, not totally unfounded. <laughs> is Bob watching the show tonight? Yes, he is. Bob, oh, good. <laughs> Bob knows all these stories. Okay, okay. <laughs> But uh, they, they just were so wonderful. And, and, and we had such laughs during that summer because I, occasionally I would use, misuse a French word. Like after Claudia had cooked a wonderful French luncheon, which that, that was the big meal of the day, I said, oh, que je suis plein. Plein means full, right? Mm -hmm. Well, could you sweet pregnant was what I said. <laughs> I'm so pregnant rather than fall. That's oh, not what you say. So <laughs> Are you fluent in French? I I am no longer, but I am taking French lessons with a wonderful instructor, Valerie Galinsky, if she's out there watching. And uh, I, I'm trying to regain my fluency because if you don't use it, you do lose it. But every wow. time I go back to a French-speaking country, you know, we went to this tiny little island, Saint-Pierre, off the coast of uh, Nova Scotia. And Bob and I went, and it was Parisian French. And I was back. I was home. I was mm -hmm. speaking. It all came back. Carol Channing, and I drop her name a lot, I know, but, but Carol, uh, she uh, was invited to France to see, when Joan Crawford married Alfred Steele you know, the head of Pepsi-Cola. Oh. She sang at their wedding and oh. she practiced this song uh, in French, but she didn't realize, she all of her French was so bad <gasps> that she was singing a song that was X-rated. <laughs> and she didn't know this, but everybody was offended at the wedding. <gasps> and she, what was the song? Do you know? I don't even know the song, but no. she, talk, she talked about this for years and years and years. Uh, but I remember the night that you came to the meeting and you were uh, telling us the first time about this book that you were writing and yes. which became Soulmates and Strangers. And I love this title. How did you come up with the title? Oh, well, it was... This has been an idea that has, I, I don't want to use the word haunt because it has a negative connotation, but from the moment I had those letters in my hands and read them, it took me five years to read them because my mother was ill at the time and getting worse and worse. Now, and, excuse me for interrupting, but when yeah. she first handed you the letters, you thought that she was just handing you the letters as a loan originally. Yeah, I think she uh, thought so too. I yeah. think she thought so too. And but I promised, I said, I have to have them. Right, you mentioned I, in the book. I'm, I'm going to copy them, them and yes. send them back. And then one day when I was speaking with her on the phone and I hadn't sent them back, it was like a year. I said, I'm so sorry. I really, I, I will definitely get them back to you. And she said, Judy, they're your legacy. They're for you. You keep them. I. What am I going to do with them? So, And that was the most unbelievable gift any daughter could receive 
from her mother's soulmate, you know? I mean, if my, my mother didn't have the letters, Claudia did. So my mother couldn't have given them to me, but my other mother gave them to me. And I learned so much about my mother and I, I wished I had known. I mean, I didn't know she loved boxing. My mother, oh my gosh. She would, but she wouldn't watch it on television because it was too violent. She would listen to it on the radio. Wow. And she loved Joe Lewis and she, you know, boxing. I didn't even know my mother liked sports at all, any sport. Was there anything that you discovered about yourself that you didn't know from uh, from writing this book and these letters? I mean, obviously you had the letters from years ago, but to sit down and to start putting this story into a book form, uh, you're revisiting the letters, you're, the time has passed. Um, was there something, that, anything that you learned about yourself in the process of writing this book? Well, I think in learning about my mother, I learned an incredible amount about my about myself uh, and why she did. Well, you know, first of all, how popular she was. She had so many boyfriends. Oh, my gosh. And stylish. Was, Your mother was such a, I mean, she was uh, almost a model. Uh, I know. Like, I know. Yes. And um, I, I didn't know that either. I mean, I. I, I was aware of some of the photographs. I had to go digging when I when once I just started decided to write the book. I had to find the photographs, and it's like, oh my gosh, these are amazing. And and I have to also thank my co-facilitator of the Artist Way, Anya Berg. Yes, for, Anya. I call her my midwife for this book because <laughs> it took three years in the Artist's Way. You you all suffered through it with me as I got went through iteration after iteration after iteration. But I ha always had great encouragement from the Artist Way group. And that, that has been invaluable to me. So what I learned about myself um, was, you know, why my mother was so uh, always wanting me to join clubs. And I, I liked clubs. I, you know, I, 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 and I thought they I benefited from them and, you know, maybe I'd meet somebody interesting, but I, I liked them, but I didn't love them. My mother was always pushing me, pushing me to do that. And so I, I got to see a little bit of, you know, her motivation and, you know, realize that it might have been different from mine or, or her passion for the French language. It, it was so in sync with mine and I thought it was just me. I mean, I knew she loved Claudia always, but I never knew, you know, how how much she appreciated the French language. Oh, and she and Claudia were always figuring out how she was going to, Claudia was going to meet an American boy and then come live in the United States. That was That was their goal. I can only imagine the excitement of these two young girls uh, as you said, one in France and one in the Bronx. Um, in those days, I mean, again, a time where you waited for the mail to come. You waited for that letter to come in the mail and then to find that letter and to be so excited about it. Uh, now everything's instant gratification. Ding, you've got a, a, an email. Having to wait for that and uh, patience, let's face it. Uh, and again, you've had to be patient for uh, the 
the book to go to an editor, to get published, uh, all these things. To, uh, it's a process. Um, was the process for this book any different from the process from the other books that you've written? Well, I'll tell you, it's much easier to have a child than it is to give birth to a book. <laughs> you know, and this process, yes, I felt a real responsibility to my mother. Um, and at one point I was even concerned, you know, about whether she would feel okay about my publishing these letters. The letters are in the book, not every one, but highlights from them. And I've never done this before in my life, but I actually went to see a psychic. And we have a uh, psychic who's watching right now. Oh, and uh, you know, and she's uh, she's made a few, couple of comments. She's uh, she's going to be on the show on Wednesday afternoon. Oh, how great! And, uh, she's very in sync with us right now. So good because the psychic. I, I went because I just I wanted some form of official permission. And you know, when I asked Claudia. Um, you know, she, she said she had the letters from 1936 to 1947. I said, what about the rest? And she said, I don't know where they are. I lost them. The psychic told me <laughs> that my dear French mother was lying to me, that she had all those other letters. She knew exactly where they were. But that was in the period of my mother uh, being married and having relationship issues and revealing those she said the ones you have are fine those are she wants you to have those 1936 to 1947 and 1947 was the year of my birth mm. so i kept you know i would only let myself read one letter at a time but i couldn't wait till the last letter which was uh in march of 1947 and that's like April, May, June, three months before my birth. Wow. So I figured she's going to be full of Judy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, I've got a question for you. Um, first of all, uh, uh, Dee's Enlightened Edits, that's our psychic friend, Danielle, oh, uh, watching. Uh, please, everybody, tune in on Wednesday. And she may be even doing some readings during the show. So you'll come back uh, on oh, Wednesday great. for the show. Um, Doug McAllister has a question for you. Yes. Um, have you ever considered a how-to on how to embrace writing? Uh, not at all. I will, because, and that's Doug? Is that, is that uh, Doug, it? yes. Doug, thank you for the question, Doug. And he said, being from Canada, he took French three times and failed terribly. Oh, <laughs> I, I appreciate I that. Thank you for being here, Doug. I, I, um, I don't know how to tell anybody else to write. My heart holds the pen when I write anything. And even my book, The Power of Acknowledgement, it was my heart's mission to repair the world, to make the world a better place. And so it was all story-based. I told my stories, their stories, his stories, or, you know, th stories about how painful it was when people were not acknowledged. I, I was in touch with a colleague today who told me about her evil boss who could never, not only acknowledge her, but just all, always had to say bad things about her. You, know, you can't, your spirit can't survive in that. So that was my heartfelt mission with that one. But this one was 
just, you know, it's not about writing per se. It's about telling a story. And I'm a good storyteller. I will say that. But I think everybody is their own best storyteller. I've got another comment from Danielle. She says, I love that you call them soulmates, Judy. So many people forget that soulmates do not have to be romantic. Such a blessing to embrace every soul we have divine connection with. Um, And I want to also say uh, Judy's other book, uh, The Power of Acknowledgement. I highly recommend this book to everyone because I, and I say this a lot, uh, all that every single person on this planet wants is to be acknowledged. And you, if uh, you've written a book about this, uh, we're going to give away a book and I am going to tell you what I do at the end of my shows. Uh, this is my homage to James Lipton inside the Actors Studio. So I have some random questions that I'm going to ask you, Judy, to give everybody a chance to know you a little bit better as well. Um, so I've got these random questions. And the first thing that I'm going to do is I have this wonderful calendar, another calendar, not from this one. And I'm going to read you a little passage from this calendar and then go from there. And the uh, passage is, sometimes after I've processed my intense emotions by dancing around the room in celebration or crying in sadness, it grounds me to perform a practical task that focuses my mind on something else entirely. So today, if I'm feeling intense about something after I process my emotions, I'll catch up on paperwork, clean the kitchen, or read an interesting article to make me feel more grounded. I want to ask, what have you done today, other than this show, to make yourself feel more grounded? I spent a chunk of time with my husband, Bob, my grandchildren, and their friend, Scarlett, Lilith, Lucius, and Scarlett, and Bob and I. And we went to uh, little towns and fed ducks and just... uh, we had a really special time together and I just loved seeing them, you know, being free, climbing up mountains, wanting to step into waterfalls. You know, I, They were fearless. And, and I felt a little, you know, strict in, in making them come back, but you know, they're sure footed, they're beautiful. And that made me feel very grounded today. That's wonderful. Um, what kind of, uh, well, we already, this this is, the whole show is built on this. So this question that came up with, the kind of relationship that you had with your parents, um, obviously you had a wonderful relationship with your parents. Um, you mentioned earlier, uh, I'm now that thinking out loud as I'm going to ask this question, uh, the book is finished. The book is now, uh, belongs to the uh, world. It belongs to the ages. Um, your children now have this book. Your grandchildren are going to have this book. Their children will have this book. Yes. What uh, What do you think your children are going to remember? And they're going to have these letters as well. Um, how do you want your mom to be remembered by future generations who read this book? You know, it was so interesting because my daughter, Stephanie, uh, when she read the book, she said, I'm so thrilled that Lilith and Lucius's great-grandchildren will know my grandmother. And, 
you know, that's the legacy of it. That's the beauty of it. And um, that's why I did this, because I, I want my two mothers to be remembered and celebrated and, and known for the beautiful human beings that they were and continue to be. I feel, I feel their input. That is so wonderful. And God bless you. I, you know, I, I had such a bond with my grandmother. And uh, I regret that I never sat down and recorded her or uh, I, you know, letters, any of that. I don't have a concrete uh, history of that. And so God bless the fact that you have this. Um, over the last, let's say, nine days, um, what has motivated you the most? I think, um, you know, having this calling, um, knowing that I am leaving my legacy through my books and the one you didn't mention, I don't know if you have a copy of this, Richard, if you don't, you'll, I'm happy to provide it. It's You're Totally Awesome, The Power of Acknowledgement for Kids. Oh, Because wonderful. I think kids, actually leaders that I was training, begged me to write a book for their children so that the children didn't have to become 50 before they learned how to acknowledge somebody. So um, I guess I, I, I've had um, a, a strong sense that my writings all make a difference and, and all uh, lead people to develop themselves. And I've had people already write to me and the book was just launched in late March. And they said, you know, you're reminding me that I have my mother's letters and I, I just have them in a box, but I never read them or my grandmother's letters or, you know, different things. So, you know, I, I encourage people to treasure their histories and so that, that that's part of my message. And then just the love in my family. I'm, I'm, I feel so lucky. We, we just celebrated a beautiful Passover mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, just so, so special. And um, I don't know if you've noticed, do you know the color scheme that I'm using tonight? Uh, the only color that's missing is brown. And do you know why I'm using these colors? To match the cover of my book? Because in the book, you mentioned that these were your mom's favorite colors. Oh, that is so sweet. <laughs> Mom, you got that? <laughs> that you mentioned in the book, your mom's favorite colors. You mentioned in the book. Oh, um, I love it. Uh, you know, uh, I'm going to ask a question, and I know the answer to this already, because you talk about this, which led to your first book. Uh, did you ever experience any prejudice in your career? And if so, uh, how did you get through it? Um, you wrote a book. I wrote, I wrote, <laughs> That's a hint. That's a hint for you. <laughs> um, I, I'm not sure I would call it prejudice. Um, well, I, a frustration. What, which incident are you referring to? Uh, and how you were treated as a pregnant woman. Oh, that one. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but when you say prejudice, it's like everybody trying to be nice. 
So I don't think of that as a prejudice. It's a dispensation. But yeah, I got I was uh, pregnant while working at CBS Television, and uh, the minute I announced it, before I was really even showing, people became so solicitous and pulling up chairs for me and saying, "Are you okay? Do you need anything?" Oh, I couldn't stand it. And one day I got so frustrated that I uh, went out on my lunch hour. I went up to the top of the CBS building, and I wrote what became an article called how not to talk to a pregnant businesswoman. And that article, I didn't know what to do with an article, but I started sending it around to magazines. Nobody was interested. Then somebody told me, I have a nephew who just got out of college. He wants to be an agent. He'll, he'll put his name under it and say literary agent, same magazines. I got one particular offer from uh, working woman magazine cover story, cartoons, amazing layout, beautiful editing job. And suddenly I'm a writer. And it's, yes, it's the making a difference is what motivates me, that the possibility of changing the world, making it better, getting people to appreciate, you know, their ancestral history and what people contributed to them writing letters my gosh you know handwritten what if richard what if we can bring back handwritten letters through That'd be nice we soulmates and strangers maybe that would be a, a goal for everybody tonight um what are the circumstances in which you most resist change in your life and bob i know uh, what your circumstances are <laughs> <laughs> Bob's got a couple of uh, I know, I know. challenges. What are, your, what are your circumstances in which you most resist change? Uh, oh, this is one that's, that drives me and everybody else who knows me crazy. Perfectionism. Perfectionism. And in I fact... Recommend the, the, I recommend a book for you, Atlas yeah. of the Heart by Brene Brown. Oh, it just came um, out a little while it ago, just right? came out. As a matter of fact, it's here on my desk because I lead a book group on Mondays. And uh, here it is. Oh. And we had our book group today. I uh, uh, lead the book group on Mondays. And the chapter that we uh, talked about today is on perfectionism. <gasps> oh. <laughs> Not synchronicity. That's what we talked about today. So. Well, I, I my uh, wonderful... Uh, book designer, did, she did the interior of the book, Maria Scharf. At one point, she said to me, Judy, I want to hit you. <laughs> <laughs> well, she did a great job. She did a phenomenal job. And I have to say, uh, my dear friend and a wonderful cover designer, Renee Avery Boyd, did the, you know, the, the beautiful, magnificent cover of Soulmates and Strangers using my mother's favorite colors not even knowing what they were she just she just you know pulled it out of the atmosphere i want to show them that here it is you know so that you can see uh up close this is just such a beautiful book cover yes, it, looks, it looks like a scrapbook it is just such a beautiful book thank you and my mother is on the left and claudia is on the right and uh they you had asked me a while back um who gave me the title? Who, who did I? How did I come up with it? 
And uh, I was doing some corporate training in Lyon, France, of all places, and uh, at Bayer. We call it Bayer, but they call it Bayer uh, Pharmaceuticals. And I was there, and it, you know, being in Lyon, it just like the I had the letters already, and it just rose to the surface. I had to do something about it. And I was telling one of my French colleagues there about it, and Ullmann. And uh, I said, but I need, a, I need a title. I don't know what to call this. And she goes like this. I think you should call it Soulmates and Strangers. Because I described the book to her. And I said, that's it. That's it. it. Never hesitated for a second. And, and, and that has been it. That's wonderful. Uh, what is the most important action that you feel that you've taken in your career? I think probably um, writing the power of acknowledgement. And that was through the encouragement of uh, the International Institute for Learning. Uh, the CEO of my company, Laverne Johnson, really encouraged me to do it once I had the idea for it. And uh, we had a small publishing division, and that's how we published it. And um, that 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 really has made it clear to me what my mission is in terms of, you know, healing, healing the world, repairing the world. Mm -hmm. Great. Uh, how do you want others to see you, especially after this interview? Just as I am with all my faults and foibles and my strengths and, uh, you know, who I am. I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm okay with who I am. And so that I just want people to know uh, um, I'm not a prima donna. I'm not a slave. Uh, you know, I'm somebody who works hard to get the right thing done in life and in the world and to love the people I've been graced with knowing and having in my life family, friends, colleagues like you, Richard. Oh, thank you. And since we're at the end, are we going to tell people how they can get this book? Of course we're going to tell people. <laughs> I, I, I'm not finished yet. I'm, I'm not, not nervous or anything. but No, no. no. Um, who is the person that you know with the freest spirit? The freest spirit. Ooh, what an interesting question. Wow. Um, can I, I have to say two, I can't say one. You can say two. My grandchildren, they're just so in the moment and so creative and, and so fabulous. Just, I'm, I'm so, I feel so blessed. I feel so lucky to have them. And, uh, my last question is what one word best describes the day that you've had? prior to tonight's show? Um, crazy. <laughs> <laughs> we were you know, trying to get my uh, you know, important work done for the corporation I work for, having my grandchildren here, knowing we had an interview coming up. Oh, and then my audio completely died. And the, the, the person who tried to fix it 
uh, made everything worse and and the IT service and we were on the phone for, uh, you know, on, on a video call for an hour and a half. So that, that was not fun, but it got, it got handled. I think you've heard me, right? Yeah, no, you sound great. You look great tonight. We're going to give away a book and then we're going to talk a little bit more about one other thing that I want to, uh, speaking of the power of acknowledgement, uh, let's see who's going to get the book tonight. And Howard Tucker, uh, who says he never wins anything. He's won tonight. <laughs> uh, I'll get Howard's information to you, Judy. Thank you. Uh, speaking of the power of acknowledgement, I want to acknowledge your social media person. Uh, can you uh, shout her name out tonight? Carly Vincent. Carly Vincent has done a uh, yeoman's job uh, getting the information out about tonight's show. Oh, beautiful. Uh, and she even reached out to me and she said, Do you, and no one has ever done this before. So I want to acknowledge her. Beautiful. She said, do you mind? Uh, I mean, she asked, she'd been sending out your logo, your book, everything, saying, if you want us to use your brand, we will gladly switch over. And I said, no, I want you to do exactly what you're doing because what you're doing is absolutely perfect. Uh, oh. You're getting the word out about tonight's show. And that means the, lot, uh, the world. Um, I didn't specifically put how to get the book for a reason, because I want to know how you want people to purchase the book. And then I'm going to put that information on YouTube and all the places. Oh, uh, do okay. you prefer people to go through Amazon? Do you prefer people to go through you? How do you prefer people uh, to get the book? We have our own little family publishing company, which is a mouthful, but I'll say it. It's handlerandwagreich.com. Handler was my mother's maiden name. Wagreich is my maiden name, my father's name. So we have a family business. And when they go to the website, they'll see lots of family photographs on the homepage. That my daughter. By the way, everyone will be on YouTube. So it's not going to be difficult for you to look it up. Okay. Yeah. And my daughter designed the uh, homepage of the website. And uh, it's, it's really about legacy, about family. And that means the world to me. And so you and Howard are going to start a pen pal. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know Howard, he's going to do it. I'd uh, love it. I'd love it. So Judy, I am so thrilled that you said yes to being here um, tonight. We are at the end of the show, uh, be, but don't go anywhere for a moment. Um, I do want to let everyone know tomorrow night, um, I'm turning the reins over to Sandy Duncan one of my favorite entertainers, um, 1979, when I came to New York and I went to see her on Broadway in Peter Pan, sitting in the theater as an 18-year-old boy, young man. I, When she flew over my head, I cried like a baby, never thinking that many years later that she would interview me. Uh, but when I had her on the show here a couple of months ago, she said, next time I'm coming back, and I'm interviewing you. Oh, and, wonderful. Uh, and I said, let's make it happen. So tomorrow night it's happening. Everybody come back. Sandy Duncan is interviewing me. And I am going to, uh, I thought it was, uh, yes, I do have it here. I'm going to show you what our giveaway is going to be tomorrow night. Um, if I, uh, as I, I, as I Oops. brought my books here, I've got all these books there that I'm reading. So a few years ago, we put together this very special book, as you can all see here. 
And it's a coffee table book that uh, Danny made. And these are photographs of me and Carol Channing together through the years. And it's all, there's Harvey Evans, who brought Sandy Duncan and me together. But it's all these great photographs. And we're going to be giving this away to a very special person tomorrow night. So tune in and you may win this book. So I want to thank everybody for being here tonight. Um, it, uh, the word was innovation. And it's very important that we find new ways to communicate with each other outside of social media. And here are these two wonderful souls that I believe are up there watching over Judy and me both tonight uh, and uh, guiding us through this uh, time. It's, it's a difficult time that we're in uh, right now, but through uh, wars and all kinds of uh, changes in the world, these two young girls uh, remained in touch with each other, yes. even when they couldn't get all their other friends to do that. <laughs> they were committed to each other. And I believe if we're all committed to each other, we can make it happen. So thank you all for being here tonight. Yes, thank um, you, everyone. I always end every show by, uh, please, after the show tonight, please go to YouTube, uh, leave a comment about what you thought about tonight's show. Uh, for all of those uh, who are watching the show for the first time, please consider subscribing to this show. My goal is to celebrate other artists. Judy is an artist, great writer, uh, celebrating artists and their body of worth. Leave a comment, share, and tell others about this. Because, as Judy says, it's all about the power of acknowledgement. And if we know that we're being acknowledged, we know that we're making a difference. So please acknowledge whether it's us or anyone else. Uh, I always end every show by telling everyone to go out and do something nice for somebody else without expecting anything in return. This is what I'd like you all to do as your random act of kindness. Um, I'm going to have all the information at the end of the show. So what you can do is go and order two copies of this book. You're going to order one copy for yourself, and then you're going to go to your Facebook friends list, and you're going to reach out to the ninth name on the list, and you're going to send a copy to the ninth friend. And then what you're going to do, I always tell people to pick up the phone and call that person. In this case, don't call them. Write them a letter. Mm. Tell them what they mean to you in this letter. Um, and let them know how they've touched your life, how they changed your life, and what they mean to you. So that they've got a record that they can always hold on to. And, and then tell them to pay it forward by doing the same thing to the ninth person on their list, and so on, and so on, and so on until we see this book on the, on the bestsellers list. Oh, so that's the goal. That's what we're going to do. Thank you. Um, and, you know, I have a dear friend, Sean Moniker, and he says, we're all in this together, but we're not in the same boat. And I always say, you never know what someone else is going through right now. So again, acknowledge them. But if you're going to go out in a boat, make sure you bring a skipper along. Now, Judy, <laughs> I'm going to leave the screen and I'm going to give you the final word. Anything you want to say about anything that we've talked about tonight that you want to build upon, anything that we didn't talk about 
that you wish we had, or just any message you want to put out to anyone who's watching right now. Don't worry about how to end the show. As soon as you say goodbye or au revoir, yes. um, the final credits will roll. And thank you, and you're welcome here anytime. And I hope to see you in person soon. Okay. Thank you. Likewise. And uh, it's all yours. Well, I just want to thank Richard especially for having me as his guest. I love the idea of celebration. And I am just now starting to read some of the comments. There's such beautiful ones. I, I hope to be able to see them after the show. But I love especially the one that uh, said I look too good for 1947. <laughs> so thank you. <laughs> I think, that, yes, Howard Tucker. <laughs> but uh, anyway, it's so meaningful to me to have this platform to share the the beauty and the real delight of these two wonderful women. So I hope to share them with all of you and hope we will all continue to pay it forward. So good night.